Welcome to episode 63 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. There is a mistake made when we just do something and not understand why we are doing it. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Uh, please invite somebody to listen uh, to this podcast with you, maybe send it to them or forward it to them so they can enjoy the benefits of it, and we can work together to see the Lord's Church really grow and be strengthened. Uh, we're doing the second podcast uh, on the series on building the church or common errors that can be made in building the church. And I want to use this phrase, I want you to hear this phrase, not establishing a worship theology. It's interesting to me that most of the churches or the people that would be listening to this podcast, much of our ministries are built around corporate worship. And I think that's a great thing. And I think that's the way to do it. Unfortunately, I think even in that, it's something we do a lot, yet we do it with very little understanding. So I want to talk to you today about the mistake that's made in just doing something and not understanding why you're doing it. I want to read a portion of scripture from Jesus' lips uh, where he responds to something in John, the fourth chapter. He's interfacing with the Samaritan here, and uh, she says, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you people say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. So Jesus not only addresses a misunderstanding here, he addresses the conclusion that he is looking for people that will worship him in spirit and truth, that the two will be blended together. What this woman was saying is, look, we got our worship ritual. You got your worship ritual. What's the real deer hill? And Jesus is really saying, listen, most people don't understand why they're worshiping. You certainly don't. And you don't understand how we worship and why we worship. But here's the answer that it should be done in spirit and in truth. So let's just look at the, the corporate worship service in, in the Christian circles that we travel in uh, on, a, on a typical Sunday morning. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, most times, I would say, that there is really good music. Uh, but sometimes some of that really good music really isn't even worship music. It's not bad music. It's not secular music. It's godly music. But is it focused on Christ? In our last podcast, we talked about how easy it was to get off and not be Christ-centered. Yet a lot of the worship music I hear, it's really about the person doing the worship, not exalting who God is and what he does and what his attributes are. So let's just start right there and say, should not the songs we're singing primarily, and I'm not trying to be a legalist here, but primarily be about God. And here's the easy test. If somebody didn't know nothing about God, came into church for the first time, 
as a result of the worship service, what would they know about God? Not would they know about how you felt about him or or how he, you know, gave you goosebumps or how much you love him even. Those those are great things, but would they know anything about God? Worship should reveal and exalt not just the presence of God, but the character of God and the purpose of God. How about this question? Do people even know why we worship? Do we teach them this is why worship is important? Or are we relying on the experience of worship to validate that? Here's the problem with the latter. When we have a bad worship experience, or they have a bad worship experience, or they don't like the style or flow of worship, then somehow they make that having something to do with who God is. Can you see how dangerous that could possibly be? How about this question? Why do we start our service with worship? Why is that? Is that a mood enhancer? Is that to get the atmosphere so, you know, people can receive the word? Well, there's some truth to that, but that's not the purpose of it. No doubt if you've got a great worship atmosphere, it's easier to preach and easier to minister to people. But worship is not a warm-up for the Word. I've literally heard that taught. I wanted to slide under the pew. Worship is because of who God is. Traditionally, the church has always put worship first in the program to model that God is first. How about our offerings, how we do offerings? Is worship and the offering separate? I think not. Now, obviously today with a lot of technology and giving and everything, I think we're going to have to figure out some ways where worship can still be exalted, where everybody's not just doing their own thing given, or they already gave before they got to church, or they're going to give going out the door. I'm not against any of that technology, but I'm thinking, how can we emphasize that our giving is not just an act of obedience to God and generosity, but it's an act of worship. There needs to be a theology in our giving of worship. A lot of giving teaching I hear that's very good leaves out that element. How about communion? Who is communion for? When do we do it? And why do we do it? Those are just some simple questions that we need to be indoctrinated in. What is the theology of your worship? I'll just throw this out there. When I was a pastor, we served communion in our corporate services once a month. And then often we would do it in small groups and things like that too, which I think is a wonderful thing to do as well. I'm really wondering if I pastored again, if I would not serve communion every month for a number of reasons. One of which I believe the teaching on communion is so central to the cross and to the gospel. And that we're living in a day where everything is so casual and so undefined, even in the church life, that it might not be a real, not tactic, but a theological emphasis to serve communion uh, more often than once a month. Here's the truth. Every church has liturgy. Your church has liturgy. When you go to church next week, there's going to be a certain format that you do. But is that liturgy theology? I'm not asking if it's right or wrong. I'm just asking if it's explained. Is it being done in spirit and truth? Do people know why they're doing and what they're doing and how they're doing it 
as unto the Lord. Now, here's the danger. If we don't develop a theology, it certainly will become man-centered. It will be all about me. It'll be about my experience and how I respond and what it did for me, rather than unto all pleasing in pleasing the Lord, which I think is a great thing. I think without theology in worship, things can get weird. Okay, uh, look with me to the book of Colossians, if you were, in the second chapter. And this is what the Apostle Paul said to them. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. So what's he saying? This obviously was happening in the church, in the worship services. They were being hijacked by people that were having, you know, experiences. And they were being hijacked even by people having visions and people saying that an angel spoke to them. Does any of this sound scary? Does it sound scary, familiar? <laughs> We've all seen this. How does this exist? It exists, I believe, because we do not have a good, strong theology of worship. What about the gifts of the Spirit and how they manifest in a corporate gathering? Do we just leave it to happenstance? Or do we teach the principles of deferring to the prophets? Do we teach the principles of it's got to be done for edification and excellence as unto the Lord? I think those things need to be taught, not just told. In other words, a lot of times people know what we're doing. Like if you've got a prophetic word, this is how you give it here. But they're not taught why. It just looks pragmatic. It looks like, well, this is just the way, the best way for it to work. And that's okay. I think there's truth to that. But shouldn't it be about, it's about God's church, and this is how he's designed it, and this is how we, as mere men, are trying to implement to the, this to the best of our ability. This is really important, okay? The verse after verse 18, by the way, says this, And they are not holding fast to the head, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth which is from God. He's saying when these people hijack the service, when we give place to these things, and most leaders who are very spiritual, we are uh, a little uh, hesitant to not receive something that is coming from the Holy Spirit because we don't want to miss anything. We don't want to squelch the Spirit. But yet at the same time, if you look at the teaching in the New Testament, it gives us the parameters so we can judge whether it will please God or not please God. I want to challenge you to really think about this. Again, this would be a great conversation. One of the things I did as a pastor is if the worship team was going to introduce a new song, they had to know what that song meant. If I interviewed them, they had to know what those words meant. They had to be able to point in the Bible to where that truth, even if it wasn't just like a verse, you know, that they were singing, but still to preach that truth, that there would be no just great, you know, Christianese words that we were singing so that when they introduced that song, they could teach people this is what that song means. That's a good starting point. Hey, this is fun teaching these things and sharing these things with you because I know you're going to do something with it. God bless you. Thanks for being with me for Leadership in Context. Today, Keith continued his discussion on building the church. 
What is your worship theology? A lot of times people know what we do in church, but they don't know why. It's a theology that keeps something from becoming man-centered. Let's not just tell people things, but make sure that we are teaching them as well. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.